Hey guys, welcome to the Limitless MD podcast. I'm your host, Vikram Raya, and today is a very special episode. I'm going to do a special mashup. I'm going to have seven of the best physicians and influencers that I've interviewed on my podcast, and we're going to do a cool mashup. We're going to have Tom Burns talking about why doctors don't get rich, Ravi Gupta on how to be a Limitless MD, Ankit Udani talking about physician strategies for wealth and abundance, Christina talking about how to be a Renaissance physician, Dr. Peter Kim, the one and only, talking about what holds doctors back. And we're going to talk about to Jordan Frey about turning bad debt into wealth. And finally, Brandon Hall will talk about the top mistakes physicians make. All right. Enjoy the episode. What if you could reclaim hours of free time each week, create legacy building wealth, and devote more energy to your passion projects without giving up on your career as a life-saving MD? My name is Vikram Raya functional cardiologist, high-performance coach, and real estate expert. And I'm here to give you the tools, strategies, and solutions you need to transform your life so you can unlock your limitless potential and achieve greatness all the while freeing up your precious time. Welcome to Limitless MD. Let's dive in. An asset is something that puts money in your pocket. A liability is something that takes it out of your pocket. So your Tesla and your golf clubs are taking money out of your pocket. They're not, they're not bringing any money back. So you want something that's going to be out there producing income, mm-hmm. preferably when you sleep, when you play with your kids, when you're at work, when you're on vacation, it doesn't matter. The stuff just keeps coming in and you can't stop it. That's an, that's what an asset does for you. Liabilities, on the other hand, they bleed you. Um, you know, and liabilities are, are the payments on your car, the payments on your house, believe it or not. Some will say that's an investment, but that's an argument can we can have later. But, uh, you know, those are not creating income for you. And so uh, you would like to you would like to eliminate those consumer liabilities, you'd like to not be paying, you know, you hopefully not be paying on time for your furniture and be nice to get that car paid off. Uh, there are times when depending on the rate you're paying and you can use you can use that money to buy an asset so there's there's a big long discussion for that but try to limit your liabilities so uh you're putting assets in these are putting money in your pocket they're essentially working for you even when you're not working and Uh and and that's really i mean a lot of people say you know what's the secret to being rich or wealthy or you know really successful and create generational wealth Uh, it's not that complicated it's adding these assets into your asset column and reducing your liabilities. And it's essentially leverage professionally and deleverage personally. It's almost like, you know, use the smart debt to get these kind of assets. And, right. um, and, and obviously everyone knows real estate. It's, it's one of the most common asset classes and it's really approachable, but let's, let's go deeper. Cause uh, the people who listen to the podcast, Tom, they're really sophisticated, yeah. they're really smart. A lot of them are not newbies. So I want you to now unlock that brain of yours and share with me maybe three or five other asset classes that are sort of overlooked that people maybe can add to their asset column. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, um, I mean, there's, there's, there's debt. You can buy debt uh, and you can arbitrage that and make a, and make a profit on that. Um, You know, like factoring, you've got things like that. There are, there are, there are streams of income you can buy. Uh, That's one. Uh, Doesn't have quite the, the tax benefits of real estate. That's one of the, one of the many beauties of real estate. Um, you can buy into a business. Uh, you know, you do that when you buy stock. I'm not the biggest fan of the stock market, but you can buy directly into a business uh, and hopefully get a, a percentage of profits. 
there are private funds out there that invest in all kinds of things. You know, I've, I've got, I've got one that we invest, we buy, we buy software companies, you know, profitable software companies. Uh, uh, so there's, and, and, you know, there's uh, all the, all our physicians, there are a lot of people out there with uh, medical devices. Now there's a risk strata that, that goes through, you know, some, the, the, there is more risk on, on early stage things and there's a little less risk on the real estate side. So, uh, and then there's alternatives. My friend Dave Zook does ATMs. Most of the docs have probably heard about that. I've got money in that. And there's oil and gas for 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 physicians. Uh, oil and gas can be a good one. Ultimately, the purpose in life, right, is to is to be happy, right? Everybody wants a sense of happiness. Now, what does that mean to each individual? And that's the question. Well, there's there's a good formula that. Tony Robbins often says, it's if your blueprint equals your life conditions, then you're happy. What does that mean? Well, the blueprint is what you think life should be like. Hey, I, you know, I think life should be like, um, you know, I work five days a week, nine to five, and I have the weekends off and all that stuff. If that's what you think life should be like, and your life conditions are exactly that, that equals happiness. Now, there's sometimes when your blue, your life conditions are actually better than your blueprint. Then you're ecstatic. <clears throat> like for example, for me with kids, I was thinking kids would be a certain having kids would be a certain thing, you know, way, and I'd, I'd be in a certain state and, and you know have fun with them. But it it far exceeded what all my expectations. So I just am over like enthused about being a father and spending time with my kids. Um, so that's so ultimately, and then if it's it happens the other way where your life conditions don't meet your blueprint, then you you don't feel happy. The happiness is gone. So either you change your life conditions or you change your blueprint um, and how you perceive things. So that is, and, and following your passions is your blueprint, right? You have to follow your passions. So you have to create the life conditions so that you can follow your passions. And that's what you have to create. Um, I think a, a, a wonderful book, and I'm actually reading this book again, I'm reading it right now. It's Hal Elrod's book, Miracle Equation. It's very easily it's, it's, it's nicely written. It's easy to digest, um, but it has so many powerful points um, and pearls in there. I would highly suggest your listeners to read that book if they haven't already. Hey, uh, exactly Ravi, since you this. mentioned how, uh, let's talk about his miracle equation. What is it? Yeah, so, so the miracle equation, um, it is extraordinary effort um, plus um, extraordinary faith can can equal any goal right yeah so exactly so right. unwavering faith extraordinary effort yeah and is what it and, is. and he and he said it right it's extraordinary so it's an ordinary effort that most people give and there's extraordinary effort so it's like you go to your limit and then plus one plus two plus three so really pushing that and then having the faith so it's like one of my favorite quotes i like to go by is be impatient with uh impatient with your actions but patient with your results Give us some strategies and advice um, for these uh, doctors who, you know, they're they've they're mid career, they've they're they're successful, you know, and now they're looking for the now what the how do you can you help them answer the now what like what's their, what's the steps? Yeah, so I think you know the biggest step is admitting that um, your calendar is full, but 
you need to create time for yourself and for your self-investment. That's your first step. You need to prime yourself to be ready to, to, to explode. And what does that mean? You know, for me, what does that mean? I just, I just swore off watching TV. I, I found myself, I'd come home, you know, I'd have, you know, fun at work, do great things for patients, come home, play with the kids, hang out with my wife, do, do great things. I was comfortable. And then I would just put on the daily show and let Trevor know it just kind of like, 60 minutes, laughter, news, this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, oh, this is good. I'd fall asleep on the couch, you know, go to bed, wait, you know, just, and like repeat. And it was great. You know, I'm not saying that it wasn't fun, but I, when I really wanted to flip the switch and like, look at my calendar and like, figure out where can I find more me time where it's like an investment and, and, you know, growth, it wasn't coming from the daily show. It was, it was, um, entertainment, you know, and it probably fit, you know, helped me de-stress or something, but it wasn't growth. So what did I do? I just cut TV out completely. Every night, you know, did still do the family time, all that stuff. But then as soon as I, you know, was done, get to bed, get in bed, comfort, listen to some nice music um, and just read, 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 read. And then, you know, there's millions of books to, you know, recommend uh, on this journey. And everybody's at a different stage in their journey. And these, But these books were catalysts. Like I would listen to, you know, Craig Ballantyne. I'd listen to Tony Robbins. I'd listen to all the, you know, um, all these great writers that are pouring, pouring their experiences into books. And it, it, reading these like positive enriching ideas like right when you're going to bed was just i mean i'd still like get tired and fall asleep reading and i would start maybe two pages earlier the next day but that's just it was so positive right it was such a great way to end the day and then rewire me wake me up early in the morning so you know to make your answer short i think look at your calendar look at your schedule carve out daily time to invest in yourself and go for it, you know, cut out some of the stuff that's not really helping you grow, even though it might feel good, um, you know, try to cut it out and, and grow. What do you say to those, those physicians who are not yet taking this step into their highest and best self? I think the first thing to do is really define for yourself, what is it that you want to do? And it's okay that you don't know exactly, but after you identify what are your dreams, what are your aspirations, I think the second thing is have that very open discussion with your husband or your partner or your significant other, um, because you do need that support to make sure that the house is balanced. Let them let them know and let them also share what their opinions are and what their thoughts are and if if they can fully support you. And it may not be the time to get supported at that time. And for other reasons, right, like an elderly uh, parent that you need to take care of or what have you. But once you have, at least for us in our household, like once I had the support of my husband, then I knew that our, our journey was, was limitless. Hmm. And, and I know that one of the reasons why you're able to pull this off, Christina, is because you believe in extreme self-care. And that's something like I've, I notice as a pattern among all the high performers I interview self-care. And what does that self-care mean to you? And what does your protocol look like? So uh, maybe we can learn. What I do for self-care is I work out five to six times a week. Again, I work 60 to 100 hours on most weeks of the month, but I still find time, whether that's a 12-minute Tabata, whether that's a 15-minute uh, heavy weight workout, 
um, whether that's getting some yoga in, whether that's a hit, um, I find whatever I, my body needs and that's what I go. Um, most of the time though, I, I do get a good 45 minute workout in. Um, some other self-care measures I have taken and I have learned from um, our tribe, uh, meaning the, the Limitless MD tribe and the mighty, um, our mighty network is meditation. And I don't know that I believed in that at all. <laughs> However, uh, Vikram convinced me that I could just start three minutes a day. And that three minutes has led to 30 minutes, almost five times a week at this point. And so um, there is actually a really phenomenal physician um, cardiologist. Her name is Disha uh, Phillips. And if you guys want to follow her, she's that'll, on. That'll um, be in the show notes, guys. Yeah, she's on um, meditation for female physicians on Facebook. And she is just full of energy. And she, what I love about her, what inspires me to wake up at six in the morning and listen to her is there's a theme for the morning. She always shares like a, a patient physician story, which I can personally connect to. And then she picks a card and then that card is the meditation sets the tone for the meditation. And then we go into our silent meditation. So, so there's a pattern and because it's so structured, my brain does very well with that. When I ask doctors all the time, do you think your life will be better as a doctor in terms of autonomy, financially, emotionally, whatever, five years down the line, 10 years down the line, how's it going to be? Almost every single person says it's going to be worse than it is today, right? And that's just the trajectory we're going. I don't think anybody needs to tell you that. Like with everything going on politically, regulatory, the way medicine is going, we're putting ourselves in a hole if right now we're not preparing for that. And so that's really what motivated me, to be honest with you, to get started with a lot of this stuff. I mean, you mentioned fear, like I'm messing up. There's definitely the fear of failure there that I was like worried about, like, oh man, what if I lose this money or what if I make a bad move? But what actually motivated me more was like, what if I did nothing? Like if I did nothing, what's my life going to look like in five, 10 years? And I was like, holy cow, if I do nothing, I'm going to be guaranteed to be in a worse spot. I'm going to mm. be in a place worse than, and I'm going to wish I had started you know, earlier. And so that's what really motivates me now today. And that's what I tell people in terms of advice. Don't listen to people who say, just be a doctor. You're going to be fine. You're going to get taken care of. You're going to do well. I don't believe that anymore. I think it's and actually critical to create your own security. During the COVID crisis, uh, Peter, you really stepped up as a leader in our physician community. And um, you really you know, uh, wanted to help physicians. What made you do that? What were you worried about? Or what were physicians complaining to you during the COVID crisis? And what was the big wake-up call that everyone was talking about? Yeah. I mean, I think you were right there, you know, in it with me and, and you were doing the same. And I think it was that we saw so many doctors uh, really hit the wall. I mean, we all thought, I mean, a lot of people thought it was truly secure to be a physician and like, at least we had the financial security, at least we had the job security. Right. But what happened during COVID, oh, the rules changed. So many things happened that were obviously not predictable. There are so many physicians I know that lost their job, lost their position, were put on furlough. Income-wise, we're, we're you know, put in a much worse situation. And none of that was in their control. And I've talked about it for a while where I said, you know, financial security medicine is a myth. I used to say that. I, I put it out there. In fact, I put an article out there one time and just people <laughs> blasted me on yeah. Doximity saying, oh, you're ridiculous. That's the one place where, you know, demand will always be there. You don't have to worry about blah, blah, blah. And then what happened during COVID? 
right? I was also part of that where I got, my group came in and told me, guys, for the next couple of months, just so you know, we're all going to get, you're all going to get paid 30% less. And so that oh, was wow. it, right? And, but we still had our you know, obligations and our families. And I understand that's the way the world worked and things were going crazy, but it doesn't feel good. And so during COVID, a lot of people were also down and obviously it was stressful and nobody knew what was going on. Morale was probably at an all-time low in terms of the physician world. Um, it was scary. I mean, I was scared too. I go to the hospital, you get gowned up and you know, uh, these suits and <laughs> you come back and you, you don't, your kid like wants to come hug you. And you're like, ah, oh, yeah. don't touch me. And you didn't know whether you should be sleeping in <laughs> you a have to go de- decontaminate, right? I know. Yeah. I, I didn't know whether I should be sleeping <laughs> in a hotel for this. Time. I mean, it just didn't feel good and felt really isolated from the world and from family and communities and, and all this stuff. And during this time, I remember going to my community, I have a Facebook group and I went to them. And I said, what's the number one thing I can do for you right now and support you. And it wasn't like I had these great ideas and what they did overwhelmingly, they said, we want to figure out how to get control back. We want to figure out how to create other income streams outside of medicine so that we're not like, you know, beholden to this in case this goes on for a while, in case this happens again. And I was like, oh, I mean, I know people, I know people who have done this. I mean, that's the one thing I, I think I have as a strength is I've been connected to a lot of great people like yourself and all these other people who are doing really cool things outside of medicine. And so I just brought those stories together to people. And it's just amazing to see how much it resonated with people, created an impact. And I feel like in some ways it started like some sort of mini movement of physicians really trying to get out there and take back control, right? Try different things. And so many people have launched businesses during that time, right? Coaching careers, uh, you know, started investing in real estate. And I feel like, you know, in some way, if I, you know, participate in that was part of that journey, then that's like super exciting for me. So Jordan, let's let's do this. I have two types of archetypes that probably, you know, we need to help right now. There's the young attending who's just getting out. And then there's the mid-career attending who's like, okay, I'm doing some things, but I want to go, what's next level? To the next level. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about the young attending, maybe f- between one to three years coming out. What are like the top three steps you'd recommend for them? The top three steps. Um, one, just start educating yourself. And what I did was I just started reading um, 10 pages of a finance book. It was The Millionaire Next Door. I said, I'm going to try to read 10 pages a day. And and that would easily allow me to read one book per year. But those were my goals. And my other one was I said, I'm going to pick a finance blog and I'm going to read one post a day. And I still do that today. Um, And that's like a five-minute thing that I can do and increase my knowledge exponentially. So educate yourself. uh, Create a, a spending plan which means I would look at your spending, whether you want to call that a budget or not, look at your spending and um, see where you are and aren't spending intentionally. And spending intentionally is this idea you, for every purchase, you're looking at it and you're saying, whether it's a million dollars or $1, does this fit in my financial plan? If the answer is no, that's obviously a non-starter. If it's yes, you move on and you say, will the joy that I get from this be greater than the price tag? If it is, then you should buy it. If it's not, then you shouldn't buy it. And so much of so much of what we do is spend unintentionally. Um, and so go through your budget, see where you're spending intentionally that makes sense to keep it, where you're spending unintentionally that you can scale back and use that to create your at least 20% savings rate. And then invest in just broad, low-cost index funds, whether it's in your retirement account, whatever other investment accounts. If, if you're doing those things starting off, 
you have the a good base of financial, you know, whatever building wealth building um, to to allow you to focus just on starting your career because that's tough enough. All right, so that's amazing advice, guys. That's educate yourself, blogs, books, things like that. There's a ton of ton of books out there that are really important. But just you know, audio books while you're driving in and out. You know, when you're doing some low level tasks, you can always listen to something or read read those blogs as as uh, Jordan was mentioning. And then number two is really create a savings plan and, and really start a, accumulating that 20% eventually uh, of your income. That 20%, the first step is automate that investing into something that's essentially relatively safe, which is low cost index funds. Over the long run, five, 10 years, you're gonna be fine. If I'm earning $600,000 as a physician, and and I'm able to go buy a handful of properties that nets me sixty thousand dollars in cash flow that I don't pay tax on. Well, now I'm earning six hundred and sixty k in total income, but my taxes haven't actually changed. So my effective tax rate has been reduced. My total taxes I've paid divided by my total income. So the idea is, how do I increase my total income without increasing my total tax? And I think uh, that is the main the main that- gap that we see with high income earners. That I want to I want to say that again, Brandon, because that dude, that's like a that's like a truth bomb right Horrible. there. So, boom, it's like the it's not necessarily increasing income because everyone can do that. You work more hours, do whatever right, more right. things, but it's increasing income without increasing taxes. Yeah, and so that if you the more you can grow that delta, that's the name of the yeah. game, and then exactly. invest that difference and just compound that. And I think it's really hard to visualize, especially if you're a high income earner, because it's like, okay, if I go buy a $400,000 house that, or sorry, $300,000, let's call it 300K house that cash flows $1,000 a month, um, you know, compared to my down payments, my cash on cash return, that might actually be pretty good. But $1,000 a month, if I'm, if I'm earning six, $700,000 a year, is not going to change my life. I'm not going to be excited about it. Right. Um, but the key is, is that if you, if you bought 20 of those houses um, over the span of five to 10 years, now you're netting $20,000 a month. And that is something I can be excited about, especially if I'm not paying tax today on the net $20,000 a month, right? And then, because like if you do that math backwards, like netting, netting 200K a year, but not paying tax on it is effectively like having a W-2 job of what, $350,000? Right. Yeah, it's almost so, like one and a half times, right? The amount of yeah, yeah. So it's a slow build, and yeah. that's where I think a lot of high income earners get antsy. And, and, and high income earners typically look at that and they go, "Well, that's not something to be excited about." This thousand dollar a month property. Um, it's again, it's very hard to visualize what the future looks like. So then the next thing they do is they go, "I want to eliminate my income today, so I don't have to pay tax today." That's what they and that's what they get all excited about. And that is where we've seen people get. Um, uh, put into situations that are going to set them up for failure later. Okay, let's. I want to explore that, but uh, before we go there, um, I also want to talk about. Hey, you know, yes, there's. It's all about tax efficiency, but it's also about growing the overall nest egg. So, those twenty homes, yes, they may be getting twenty thousand dollars a month, but they can all appreciate in value. It's a hedge against inflation. I mean, you're gonna your net worth is gonna explode because of all that. It's honestly amazing that if you look back over the past, I mean, I started this firm technically in in 2015, but I netted like 
4,000 bucks. So I tell people I started in 2016. So, you know, I started this firm in like 2016. So we've been at it for what, six, seven years now. And um, we've only been in an up cycle. So every, all the real estate investors look like geniuses, but the right. ones that were doing cash out refinances all the way, I kid you not, these people added 10, $20 million to their net worth. It's insane. So yes, you don't have to do that. That's definitely a more aggressive strategy, but we have, we have seen people that have done that. And, uh, it, and so then all of a sudden the cash flow, who cares? <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause now it's just, it's just an appreciation. I'm just running the market up, but the last seven years have just been an insane explosion in growth for the real estate market. So you're exactly right. Yes. I've got the cash flow. The way that I look at it is the cash flow needs to cover the bills and give me a return. That way, any appreciation is not something I can count on, but man, if it runs up, I'm going to try to take as much advantage of that as I can. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Limitless MD. If you found value from this episode, I encourage you to share this episode with a friend and let me know by leaving a review. For more information, make sure you check out the links in the show notes below or simply visit VikramRaya.com. So until next time, my friends, be phenomenal.